Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from the Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined, as I am every week, by the only man I think who could come as close to a mass trivia contest as me, Mr. Shane Reeves. I could do pretty good, as long as I didn't get into sports. Sports trivia, I would lose. Yeah. But if it's Bigfoot, you got it. Oh, no, Bigfoot, no, I got it. Specifically, mass trivia here and we've talked oh, about yeah, this mash. before okay mash i thought you mash. said mass hey yeah. i'm a, i'm in a mash trivia okay well then so i have three questions okay Th- so i'm currently on about my 83 watch okay of and what season of the whole run okay and i i came up with three trivia questions that i think only the most die hard mash fan will will know and i feel like at least i feel like Shane's going to get one of them okay all right. So are you ready to do this before we jump too far in? By all means. All right. So when the se- when the series starts, Hawkeye mentions where he's from a few times. Right. It's not Crabapple Cove, Maine. Where is he originally from? Oh, are you sure about that? Yes. He mentions it four times in the first four seasons. Ooh, you got me there. I would have bet my life on Crabapple, whatever. Once the season, once the series kind of got into its run, it became, that was definitely where he was from. But before they really locked in, uh, it was something else. Somewhere else in Maine, but I don't remember. It was Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. His character was originally from Vermont. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. (laughs) I'll I'll queue up an episode. Okay. You're going to have to because... So the, the third voice y'all are hearing is Mark Collins, one of the owners here at Mission Cigar. Howdy, howdy. He owns the place, so we let him sit down and grab a microphone and join us this week. You heard him pop in briefly on the last episode. It was a very forced <laughs> pop in. <laughs> now, that's the best kind of pop in. All right, we'll move through this pretty quick. They did the same thing to Colonel Potter. He wasn't always from Hannibal Mo. Where was he from originally? Now, are you talking about Colonel Potter or are you talking, talking about, about when Colonel he played Potter. General Steele? Nope, that's the next question. Okay. Um, let's see. Where was he originally from? I don't know. Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. I think you're making this up. Nope. That was from an episode in season five that I just finished watching. All right. So I'm just going to say this. The first three seasons were the best. After, after that, I quit, kind of quit watching. See, we, we discussed this last week after the show. The For me... After Potter arrives, but before Frank leaves, yeah. is the best. Well, I'm after Henry leaves, I'm kind of done with it. I get that. You do. You do bear a resemblance to kind of Henry's general demeanor. I'm kind of. I'm. I am Henry. Yeah. Right. Right. So once <laughs> yeah. Henry leaves, and I still listen. I still cry every time I watch that oh. episode when Henry dies. It's brutal. He he crashed in, into the Sea of Japan. I cry every time when Radar comes in. Oh, it's and, and the fact that they recorded that without any of the cast knowing it. Yes. And you get yes. real reaction. It's brilliant. Yes, yes. All right, last one, then we'll jump into cigars. Uh, there's, okay, so when Harry Morgan comes in to play General Steele for that one episode called The uh, General Cracks at Dawn, when he's inspecting the troops, Klinger walks up, and he mentions his wife's name. What is What was her name? Whose wife? General, General Steel. Okay, that's deep. I quoted the line before he said it. So this was not one I learned in this most recent watch. This was something that I've, I've known for a while. Well, it was Mildred when he was there. Because right. right. famously had the picture of himself in drag on his desk. Right. I, don't um, know. I don't know. You got me there. Martha. You're very close. Martha or Margaret? Mary. Marjorie. Marjorie. You were very, not now, Marjorie. I'm expecting the troops. Yeah, I knew it was one of those. I knew it was. <laughs> really? I'm going to yeah. have to go back and watch. because That's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, it's. I know the episode, but. Yeah. Wow. So I just, a, a little bit of fun. A little, um, Henry Blake, actually, his wife's name was Mildred for the first two seasons before they changed it to Lorraine. Right. This was back before they wrote the Bible and established canon, you know, as they went in, in shows. that used to be like each wow. individual episode was kind of on its own. They didn't think about continuity. Wow. I am, I am humbled. 
I thought I was a mass expert. I am a football <laughs> trainer. That show went on way longer than they thought. Didn't it go on longer than the actual Korean War? By a long shot. It went 11 it seasons. True. The Korean War only went two and a half years. Yeah, it was actually For longer than the Korean War. When I yeah. was in, high, in college, we all got together and watched the MASH, the final MASH episode. It's such a shame to me that it's one of the weaker episodes of the run. It is, especially when BJ slides down the hill on his motorcycle, yeah. right? That's like, <laughs> I love all it. right, we jumped the shark here. <laughs> okay, so okay. we're back to the cigar cast yeah, now. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Listen to Trey on MASH cast. All right. MASH, I, would you be I MASH should. talk? I should. I have learned a lot. Thank you, Trey. You're welcome. Are, are you going to do something really cute like mash potatoes? Mash Come on. Just do M-A-S-H space potato. Yeah, I like all it. Right, I, I all right, think, Shane. I think that, that would be the, the that's podcast an, That's of the enough, future. Shane. <laughs> that's enough. Go ahead, Trey. So uh, I didn't realize that we were going to be joined by a guest when I picked my cigar, but I guess in honor of you, I've picked your favorite cigar, which is the Perdomo Champagne. Yes, sir. I didn't even bother to look it up because I figured you could tell me everything I need to know about this cigar. I'll bet you $5 he can't. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, it's a Nicaraguan Puro, yeah? That, yeah? that is true. And it's a Connecticut wrapper? Yes. Ecuadorian Connecticut. Ecuadorian. Well, you can't feed him the information. Oh, hold <laughs> well, on a second. I'm going to fact check this. Well, he's about 74 bourbons in. Equ- I was giving him a hit. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Ecuadorian Connecticut. It is Ecuadorian. Okay. I know that. I've been there. No, what you else? were in Nicaragua. You weren't in Ecuador. No, but I was at Perdomo. <laughs> you did get to go on the Perdomo trip. I did. What was the what really impressed you on the Perdomo trip? What what did you learn that you didn't know before you went there? That those guys are spot on with their quality control. They do not mess around. Well, and it's been what I I sing Perdomo's praises about quality control more right. than anything else. Right. It's so consistent. Right. Whether I'm in your humidor, yes. buy them online, buy them at some humidor in Nebraska, wherever. You're not, you're not buying online, are you? No. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, no matter where you get right. it from, what what right. kind of life it's had before it gets to you, yes. it's the same. Yes. Well, that's Perdomo's claim to fame. All right. Their is. claim to fame is that wherever you pick up Perdomo, it will be the same cigar. Right. Yes. So, yeah, so the quality control department's what impressed you most. Yes. Well, at the end of the day, that's all you have, right? To to get the same thing every time, you got to have people who understand what it's about, right? And you've got what I don't forget what it is. What fifteen people looking at it every so. Every, speaking of which, I'm, I'm going to pose cut, him you, the question you, you, you from cut last me off, week. Shane. Oh, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in, folks. Yeah. I, I assumed you were done. <laughs> you started wandering. I was yeah. going to bring you back. Just a little bit. Okay. So here's the question. We asked this question last week on the Cigar Cast. So Opus X Fuente is putting out an $11,000 humidor. Right. That has 100 cigars in it. Yep. And it's a very nice humidor, and it's $11,000. Yep. If someone bought an $11,000 humidor from you full of cigars and brought it back in and said, hey, these cigars are awful. They break every time I smoke. They blow up. They're messed up. They're damaged. Um, This is obviously, you know, and you look at them, and it's obviously a bad batch from Fuente. How do you handle it? Well, I call Fuente, and I say, Mr. Fuente, we've got a problem. Do you think that they would bend over backwards to keep you happy in that scenario? Yes. Yeah, I think I do. so too. I do. He doesn't. He I doesn't don't. think I'm Fuente not, cares. Fuente's been so so off-putting with their their rare stuff that I just, I don't know, that they wouldn't say, oh, he's cutting them wrong, or oh, they're mishumidified, or something like that. Well, if they are, it's in their humidor. Yeah, right, 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 Trey. So, but if you leave their humidor in the middle of the desert with no yeah. Bovita pack in, they can't vouch for fair, fair point. So here's the deal, right? Let's be honest. I, I have no idea what their cost is involved in that, but I got to believe that if they replace a few cigars, they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and so, so far in my experience, every time I've said, hey, there's a damaged cigar, everybody's replaced it. Yeah, we actually had a Freud cigar, one of the $40 Freud cigars in here, the other night that 
the fellow I was sitting there right beside him, he cut it and the whole limb blew out of this cigar. Yeah. Just totally blew out of that cigar. I didn't know that. Yeah, Fred was here. Okay. And um, no, Will, no Willie names, was... No names, please. Well, Willie was working the register. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and we just obviously just replaced the right. cigar. But I was sitting there, and I had actually watched him cut it, watched it happen, and He knew it was no fault of his own. Right. right. He's a seasoned cigar guy, so yeah. a $40 cigar. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and I told him, I said, oh, you got to get that replaced. I said, you right. can't just let that go. No, absolutely. With that... That that price of a cigar. So Willie didn't tell you. No, but you know what? Here's a, here's the deal with us. I can't speak for anybody. We would replace it no matter what, right? Because it's not worth it. It's right. not worth the fight. Yeah, it's just right. Not it's not worth it. losing the customer. No, it's not. So, and I didn't know that, but I will call the rep tomorrow <laughs> and tell him that. he owes you one. Sh- tell him he owes me a stick, and he and they will replace it. Well, so by and large, has cigar business been good about that? Has everybody yeah, been good about anything, any malfunctions? So far, 100%. I have not had anybody tell me, you know what, it's all you, it's on you. Right. Well, you know, we had a guy come in here last night, and he talked, he um, took a bitter root, and he cut it, and the back end busted on the wrapper. Mm-hmm. And he showed it to me. I said, well, look, you cut the entire right. cap off. Right. You can't really expect a cigar to hold its structural integrity if you cut, right. you know, once you cut past the shoulder, forget right. it. Yeah, 100%. You, you know, and you do have to tell people that to a degree, but yeah. I, I guess you replace it first and then tell them that. You do. You, that, that gives us, as a shop owner, a great opportunity to educate the customer, yeah. right? And so one time it's on, let's say it's on us. After that... After we showed, and typically I send them over to Shane, say, Shane, show him how to cut this Show this idiot how to cut his cigar. Shane, show him how to cut it. And then once we show him how to cut it, if he does it again, and we've got, I won't name his name, but you know who I'm talking about, (laughs) who did that early on. And uh, his name starts with an R. (laughs) And so we were able to to show him that he was cutting it way past, and it was blowing up on him. And then he said, oh, okay, I get it now. Well, you see, if you have a straight cut on your cigar and you're cutting tobacco, you've cut too deep. Right. I'm always a proponent of you just perforate the cap and yep. the cap comes off. Yeah, M- you, most of the time. If you feel the crunch on your straight cut, you're too deep. Not always, but that's a general, generally a good rule of thumb. Generally by law. With my fancy new Calibri cutter here, I've got... Yeah, we did just get Calibri in the shop. Mark showing his new fancy V-cut. Is that the SV? No, it's, SV. it's the SV. Oh, it's straight and the V-cut. This thing weighs about 400 pounds. It's a great <laughs> cutter, though. That's the only complaint about that cutter. So, I'm finishing my cryptid from last week, but I'm going to be smoking a La Polina Nicaraguan Oscuro. Um, it's an Ecuadorian Oscuro wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler. I'm just on a strong cigar kick tonight. I just want a little more beef in my cigar. And we've had pretty good results. You know, the La Polina rep, Patrick, came in and he said, you know, y'all have got kind of our lighter blends here. Yeah. Right. I'd really like to bring in some of our heavier stuff. And I think we've had pretty good results of the heavier stuff coming in. Yeah. We're, we're, we've kind of, uh, yes. And, and to both of y'all's credit, you know, because I, I ask you guys both, you know, we're, we're kind of phasing out of the lighter stuff and going to the heavier stuff because we've got more lighter stuff that kind of already fits that mold. But we've kind of the Oscuro and some of those things, Maduro and some of those things that people are liking better. Well, I think more of your monogamous cigar smokers that only smoke one cigar right. are light cigar guys. I don't think you have a lot of guys that the only cigar they smoke is a heavy cigar. I, I think that's unique to this shop because, or, or maybe it's just a change in the times because, you know, about 10 years ago or so, it was fairly common for for guys to just want, you know, a big, heavy, beefy Maduro and that was all they would smoke. Um, whether it was the same cigar over and over or just all they would go to. Hmm. It is funny, though, that, that you're in such a heavy cigar day because I've actually gone the opposite way. Right. I've smoked three AJs today. So I walked in that humidor and said, I, don't, I need to give my palate a rest. I need something that's, that's not going to kick me in the teeth. So let me ask you this. So are you say, so how do you, because the champagne is not a mild 
Connecticut. It's I would say it's mild in in terms of nicotine, in terms of body. It's not mild in terms of flavor though. It's very it's very right. full flavored for a Connecticut, but as far as just blowing my palate out or being really heavy from a nicotine standpoint, it doesn't have that. I don't find. Do you realize that that has, I, I believe this is true, that has more nicotine than any of their cigars? I don't know. Uh, so it's funny because a, a couple of years ago, I got away from Perdomo yeah. because I found that they were so high in nicotine compared to other people in the humidor that I would get a bellyache after smoking a Perdomo. Sure. And I've, you know, I've gotten, because I can smoke on an empty stomach. You know, I've gone, I've, I've been almost 20 years smoking cigars daily. Right. right. And so I don't have to have a meal first and all that. And, but it had gotten to a point with, with Perdomo, it had to be right after a meal or it would turn my stomach a little bit. So I'll be curious because this is my third cigar in a row, basically. Uh, and I didn't have much of a lunch, so if this one if this one hits me pretty good, we'll we'll know what's up. Be nursing. Now, what are you smoking, Mark? This is a Habano Sungrown, Perdomo. Perdomo. Yeah, Perdomo, which I typically am a Perdomo guy, but as as Trey said, the the champagne is my go to. It's what I start with the day. It's what I love. You know, it's what if I'm on a desert island, I'm taking champagne with me. We haven't done that. What's your desert island stick? We haven't done it in a while, I mean. Africa. Africa. The Don Lido Africa, I definitely Really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would want to start... I I say that as a... I laugh as a joke. Yeah, you you sell me more Africa. Because I know that. At all. I'm I'm the backbone of the Africa trade. Yes, you are. (laughs) Here in this shop. Yes. Well, let's talk about a new cigar. Don Pepin Garcia, 20th anniversary, limited edition, heads to stores. So this is the classic Don Pepin Blue. Mm-hmm. And the Blue has always been a good stick, always been a good cigar. I had one for the first time in a while a couple of weeks ago when I was up at Belmead. And I just, I forget how good it is. And it's one of those cigars that appeals to everybody. You know, it doesn't matter if you like strong or mild or whatever. It's just, it's a lot like that champagne where everybody can find something in it they like. I didn't realize it had been around for 20 years already. And that was kind of my my point of interest in this story is, you know, I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, I've been smoking for nearly 20, this September, no, it, this September will be 19 years I started smoking cigars and almost daily from the beginning. You know, I remember when that cigar first came to the humidor that I was, I was at. So it's weird to me, like obviously new releases come out every, but... To start seeing 20th anniversaries of cigars that I remember, that are now mainstays, it's weird to think I've been involved in the industry that long. You're starting to feel old, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, the MSRP of this cigar is set at 40 bucks a stick. Ooh. Limited to 5,000 boxes of 20. So that's $800 a box. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's a big price tag for... I can't imagine how you can make the blue better enough for it to be a $40 stick. Well, let's think about this. The La Promesa. You and I both agree is the best my father that they've ever made. Right. So, assuming they're going to put a little extra something behind a 20th of their of their mainstay line, we know how good a cigar they're capable of. And if, if, if that La Promesa cost $24, it would be worth it, I think. I don't know. You probably would never get me to pay more twenty bucks for a lot for a, right, my let, father's all right, cigar. Let's, let's say twenty. Let's say, but the La Promesa at twenty is I. I think, I think the quality is there. I may not pay it on a regular basis, but I think the quality j- would justify that. So to think that they might be able to get forty, especially considering how expensive cigars are getting in general these days, I don't think it's a bridge too far. Well, let me ask you this: Is any cigar worth forty dollars? No. Any cigar is worth what somebody will pay for it. Well, that's so true. Take the take the Freud we were talking about earlier, right. the the disruptor. Disruptor. It's forty four bucks. Right. But the only way you're going to get that cigar is to pay forty four bucks. It's so much different than anything else in the humidor. Let me rephrase his question a little differently. 
is there any $40 cigar that you could smoke where you're not going to be thinking about the fact that it costs $40 the whole time you're smoking? That's a fair question. Absolutely not. That I think because yeah. that, that's what it comes down to, right? Like, I can pay $20 for a Padron, and I'm not thinking about the fact that it's a $20 cigar the whole time I'm smoking it because it's just that much worth the money. But I don't think there's a $40 cigar that I could smoke where I'm not sitting there thinking... I paid forty dollars for this. No matter well, how good it is, and here's the reason I ask: because we've had them up to seventy-five, eighty bucks a stick, which we amazes me. We've sold them all, and this disruptor is one of the better sticks I've had. That I would say that's probably worth it. Yeah, but still, is it twice as good as a twenty-dollar Padron? That's the question that we all have to ask as consumers, right? Well, but it's going to get trickier for those of us who've been smoking for a long time, though. When I remember when that Padron anniversary first came out at $12 and change. Yeah, I, re- I remember the first one I had, and I thought that was ridiculous to sure. pay that much for a cigar at sure. the time. So I think we just are going to have to reframe our mindset. I mean, try and find a cigar for under $10 in there anymore. You can't. Well, we you used can't. to have a whole segment dedicated right. to phenomenal cigars well, under 8 Yeah, inflation has is, is yeah. changed the game, right? Yeah. Well, also, before we leave this article... My father's commissioned Eli Blue, the French, is it Eli or Ellie? Ellie. Ellie Blue, the French humidor maker, to create special humidors that come with a hundred of these cigars. Looks like 50 are Connecticut and 50 are going to be Maduro. And it's a beautiful humidor. Um, Says they will be covered in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade or Nicaraguan Corojo 99 wrappers. Doesn't but there'll only be seventy five of these humidors created. It doesn't put a price tag on them. What do you think the price tag is? Well, a hundred cigars at forty dollars a cigar. So we know we're at four thousand to start. Those Ellie Blue humidors go for quite a price. I'm gonna say probably seventy five hundred. I'm gonna say five thousand dollars. I'll say five thousand dollars is kind of what that comes in. I think five grand is probably a fair price probably going to be right in there. So while we're talking about high dollar sticks, Rocky Patel Conviction new $100 cigar coming this fall. Um, we don't have any Rockies in this shop. Good. Now that's not true. We got a few. Do we have some left? We have one half a box of something. Oh, okay. But generally, yes, you're right. By, by and large. By and large, you're right. The... Um, and Rocky says the people were asking for something higher end. I don't know. Have you as a cigar maker ever asked? No. Or, hey, hey, fellas, don't yeah. y'all have anything in that $100 yeah. price range? Yeah, please, right. please. I want to pay $100, please. But and also, who's if you're smoking Rockies, you're not looking for higher end. There's no. Every cigar is higher end than what you're smoking. At right. Point. Sorry, that was rude. The, so the filler is a Nicaraguan Condega and Esteli filler. The binder is a Nicaraguan Jalapa, and the wrapper is a high-primed Mexican San Andreas. The okay. conviction comes in one size, six and a half by 52 ring gauge, 10 cigars for box. Each of them tubed, and the cigars are priced at $100 a piece or $1,000 for the box. All right, I'm just going to say this. Marketing, it's all marketing, right? I, as, a, as a retailer, it's, it, it's marketing, Right, there's there's no there's no way. I shouldn't say this because I'll get sued, but there's no way that unless it's fifty year old tobacco or something that I don't know about. Well, and and but if it is, then Shane won't believe it actually. So that's right. It says in this article we started growing tobacco in 2014. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this is actually? No, I believe they started growing it. I don't believe that's the tobacco that's in this cigar. There you go. I, th- I think that's so much hogwash when they say, oh, yeah, we let this sit in our warehouse for 20 years before okay, we put it now, in this cigar. Now, Shane, you know and I are going to disagree about this because I've seen it. I've seen tobacco that's older than that. How did you know? There's a date on the, on the bundle. Oh, yeah, because they couldn't print that. Okay. <laughs> they couldn't print up a sign or hand, Mr. And we're in Nicaragua, handwrite a Mr. sign. Mr. Conspiracy. <laughs> Mr. Conspiracy here, right? So, I'm I, just saying, I need carbon dating. I'm going to need some okay. testing. To I've, seen, to I've seen bundles that are dated longer than that. Well, so this cigar is for the guy that wants to impress people. Right. 
So do you ever have anybody walk in here and say, hey, Mark, what's the most expensive cigar in the humidor? No. Never had anybody come in here and ask for that. It, it will no. happen at some point. It might. It might. But, but generally, no. Which we, I will say I've been surprised. We've had a lot of success selling yes. more expensive cigars than I ever thought we would. Yes. But nobody's come in and said, give me the best you get, the most expensive cigar you have. And I want a box of them. No, that I would love for that to happen. You'll you'll know I hit the lottery. That's exactly. What I'll just yeah, walk in here. Yeah. And that'll be our code word. And you know what it is already, so yeah. you don't have to ask. <laughs> yeah, Trey just walk in and pick up a box. I guess the yeah. disruptor right now is our most expensive cigar. Probably so. We had the year of the rabbit. Yeah, it was like sixty bucks, and the yeah. and the the soccer cigar. Yeah, the so- the World Cup cigar. Yeah, but still, yeah. And all the, it's very, very atypical. The cigar you had to finish with a punt, pass, and kick competition. Uh, so, sorry, I, I had to make I, Trey roll his eyes. I don't even know what that means, but go ahead. Well, the biggest soccer event in the world this year, they basically just ended with a punt, pass, and kick competition. It ended a shootout. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. they said, okay, good job. Y'all played your hearts out for this much this time. Now everybody just line up, next goal wins. Okay. I mean, it's just a terrible lot. Ter- that's a terrible way to run. That's a, a whole other discussion about soccer, but okay. <laughs> but let's step away for a break. When we come back, we've got some other stuff to discuss. We've got Legos. 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 And more after this.